1: All right, man, I just been recording this podcast for about 10 minutes and I looked down at my computer. I was so wrapped up in what I was saying and uh, I hadn't hit record. (laughs) So here we go. Take two. The Talking Metal podcast podcast. Guys, it is a diverse show. As always, I'm, I'm all about diversity when it comes to music. When it comes to everything, man, I'm about diversity. And this show will represent that. We got Matt from A Perfect Circle and The Beta Machine. We got Eric from Warrant and... We have Jack from Sphere 16. So before we get into the official episode, let's just say thanks to the people who make this episode possible. It is the patrons on Patreon. You guys rock. I hope you're enjoying the bonus podcast that as paying patrons you get each week. If Talking Metal is not enough for you guys, I strongly suggest you join me on Patreon because you get a whole bonus podcast every, every fucking week. It's incredible. So uh, Victor Ruiz co-hosts that with me. I know you a lot of you guys used to love it when he was on Talking Metal. I'd like to get him back on Talking Metal. And But in the meantime, if you're missing your Victor, if you're needing more Mark Striegel, you have that bonus podcast. All you got to do is pledge $2 a month. That's it. And you get a bonus podcast every week on Patreon. And we have a good crew of people, small crew, but they are the people who keep it going here because they support us. They support me with a monthly pledge on Patreon. I encourage all you guys to do it and join these great people like Steve Hoker, Mike Jones, Steven Saylor, Drake, Matt Carroll, Jason Seth, Fred Roots, Sam Soupy, Jay Vaninsky, John Francois Blas, At Metal Dan, Sean Morgan, James Bennett, Ron Keel, Mr. David S. Gray, Michael Street, Miles Altwood, Joe. I was just talking to Joe on the phone yesterday. Man, Joe is doing this cartoon thing. It is so good. Um, and I'm going to hopefully start posting some of them on talkingrock.net. So stay tuned for that. JB Allen, Anthony Mackey, Jean Beauvoir, Ralph Petrie, you are our crew. Of 23 people on Patreon who are pledging your hard-earned money to keep it going here, to keep the lights on at talkingmetal.com. If you give me five dollars or more a month, you end up getting a Talking Metal t-shirt. Uh do want to mention I have hoodies now. If you want to like two for one, maybe I can maybe we can work a deal, you know, like for a hoodie and a t-shirt. even if you're not on Patreon, let me know. Just email me at mark at talkingmetal.com. I'll hook you up with that. Cool. And go to the support page on TalkingRock.net or TalkingMetal.com to support us using Patreon or just with a PayPal donation or by using our Amazon links. All right. Enough of the business. Here is The Rock.
0: Black Label presents Heavy Montreal, the heaviest festival in Canada. Back for a 10th edition, two days of rock and metal. July 27th and 28th, outdoors at Parc Jean-Drapeau. Witness Slayer performed their last show in Quebec ever. Performances by Ghost, Godsmack, Evanescence, Slash, Anthrax, Steel Panther, Killswitch, Engage, and many more. 40 bands playing four stages on a festival site that you have to see to believe. Festival passes are on sale now. Visit HeavyMontreal.com. Produced by
1: Avenco. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. This is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radioland. McJunkins is with us, Eric Turner is with us, and uh, Jack Doolin is with us, so let's get into The Rock right now. This first interview is with Jack, and our friend Juliet Huddy connected us, and I actually went to uh, dinner and drinks, I guess it was more just drinks, not much dinner, Uh, but I went to uh, meet the two of them. At this little cool little restaurant And I got there, true story <laughs> I get into the restaurant and Juliet and Jack Were not there yet And I'm sitting in the restaurant and the only other person there Is Dr. Oz And so it's just Dr. Oz and I looking at each other And you know what's weird? When I had a shorter haircut many years ago um, I kind of got like an Emo Phillips weird haircut going on now Which uh, I know, that's a whole nother story I gotta grow that out, I gotta do something Because it's not working, believe me I know you don't have to leave the comments on YouTube, uh, but, you know, it's at this weird, awkward phase, so I got to try to let it grow out or cut it, and I don't want to cut it, so... Bear with me with the Emo Phillips haircut for just a little bit until it grows out. But anyways, yeah, I'm sitting there. And anyway, when I had shorter hair many years ago, there was a a woman in my neighborhood who was like, you look like Dr. Oz, which I at the time I I was like, "Eh, well, Dr. Oz, he's a good looking guy, but he's older than me. I don't like being compared to people who are older than me. When my hair's a little longer, people are like, oh, he looks like Neil Young. So I don't know. I don't know what I look like, but I do know I had a great time hanging out with Juliet Huddy and Jack. Doolin of the band Sphere. Juliet, thank you for making this connection, and I'm going to call it a love connection because I love Sphere 16. They are excellent. This this band is really, really hot. They are doing something that I think is a little different than everyone else, and I think they're great, and I'm so excited to introduce you to some of their music, and uh, let's do it right now. Here is a little Sphere 16 on Talking Metal, followed by my interview with Jack Doolin. Mark Striegel, and I am here in New York City. We are at a rooftop restaurant. I don't even know what it's called. I, what's the name of this restaurant, sir? Mikinos Blue. What is it? Mikinos Blue. Mikinos Boo? Blue? Yes. Mikinos okay. Blue, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are at a rooftop <laughs> <Thank> restaurant, <laughs> Mikinos Boo, and I am here with Jack Doolin of Sphere 16. Jack, so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And you are here in New York doing some press, because you have a new record on the way. I heard the single. And it sounds great. The new single is The New Horizon. So when can we expect the full album? Um, So we are hoping to get the album out
2: by around May. Um, So far, we've got yeah, The New Horizons just come out. um, And we're going to have a new track, Push Through the Water, which is dropping next week, week after, pretty soon. Um, We're just going through mixing and mastering at Abbey Road at the moment. Um, oh, very and, uh, well, uh, and then we're yeah going to drop it.
1: At Abbey Road. Wow. Uh, we're
2: mastering in Abbey Road. We're mixing in Denmark, actually, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: cool. Well, you know, I, I listened to The the Great Surveyor, which is, what, three, four years yeah, old at the, this point? Yeah,
2: it's about three years old at this point. Yeah, yeah. it is, three and a half, yeah.
1: And the, the new single, The New Horizon, I mean, I heard some similarities, but production-wise, correct me if I'm wrong, but it did sound like it was going maybe in a little bit of a different direction. I,
2: yeah, I would say so. Um, it's weird that the, this record is a lot more organic okay. than the last one. Okay, I could one. hear that, yeah. yeah. Um, we, I was talking about this earlier, actually, but we um, wrote and then started touring The Great Surveyor well before we actually oh, ever went okay. to record it, if that makes sense. So we right. took it out. I think we were on tour in China, and we were playing a lot of new songs from that record before we ever went into the studio to record it. Um, with this one, uh, we actually were writing... Bits and Bobs in the studio as we were recording it, right so it 's gone in a different direction it 's a bit darker okay. uh, lyrically, and, and the theme of the record is a bit darker, um, but yeah, the feel of it is pretty different yeah uh, so yeah, I would agree that it's there's going to be similarities, but it 's going to feel different in places, yeah
1: right, and what caused the the vibe the mood to change were there things going on with yeah, you personally
2: I, or um, yeah well, I think a lot. several members of the band have had a fairly tough couple of years okay uh, mentally and with you know there's been you know various uh, negative issues and right. things happening in a lot of our lives um, and I yeah I, I think that kind of just writing what we wanted to write or what I wanted I, I kind of tend to write most of it w- writing what I wanted to write at the time rather than being like I need to make this song for this reason with this kind of feel this time I'm just like or I was just thinking fuck it I'm just gonna write this and this is gonna be you know uh, this is how I'm feeling at the moment and this is what I'm gonna talk about and it's gonna come out this way and it's not gonna right. be very nice yeah potentially uh, it's, it's uh, so yeah the New Horizons certainly when I listen to it it's definitely more melancholy, a little yes. bit darker, you know, Right. With the themes, yeah. And I'm not saying the whole record will be like that. Bits of it will be. There's a lot of quite upbeat
1: stuff as well. And I do, I think the word that you used earlier, organic, it does just production-wise seem to have a slightly more organic feel yeah. than what you guys were doing the, in 2015. Absolutely, sure. And is that, like, besides the, the you know, because, I mean, songwriting is one thing, recording is... Is one thing, but is that like something you're choosing to do in the studio with with a different uh, with style a different, of recording um, I mean, or, so or something?
2: We're, we're, we're working with Jakob Herman, who's uh, okay. g- works out of a studio called Top Floor Studios in Gothenburg on this record. Uh, okay. The last one was with Ramesh uh, Donangoda in Wales, in uh, Cardiff. Right. Um, he's actually just done the new Bring Me Horizon record, um, but he was yeah he was great to work with, uh, and and Yakov's been fantastic. Um, I really like Natural. Right, sound-wise, production-wise, so so we you know all the drums have got to be natural. There's no samples or triggers or anything like that. Right, okay. Uh, and yeah, sound-wise, we took. I don't know if uh, if you're a guitarist or m- yeah. musicians out there, but we dialed the gain right back. Mm. We we tuned to drop A, so we got right. an E B G D A and then a low A string. Oh, so okay, well. E down to an A, so it's like a 64 gauge string. It's right, pre- it's pretty heavy. Right. Um, and so to get a lot of clarity, we just took the gain way back, way, okay. way, way back. And, and, and pushed every kind of, you know, pushed the mids up and all this sort of stuff. And I don't know, it just made it more real. Yeah. Uh, I th- I th- I, they, always, they always told me when I was a kid, like playing guitar, like, you know, mid on zero, gain on 10, yeah, super yeah. scoop, Metallica kind of right, thing. Right, right, it right. It was like, the older you get, the, the less gain you'll use. Right. And I right. feel like we're kind of heading down that direction, but it makes it heavier. Yeah. Um... So it's. I feel. Yeah, I feel it's much more of a natural
1: sound. Which is interesting, because if you were a kid, you'd think, "Oh, I want to make it heavy. I'm going to turn the, gain, yeah, all the, turn the gain all the way up." Turn the gain all the way up. Exactly. And but, and
2: and this time we found that just having a really bright guitar tone. I right. mean, actually, the New Horizons. Funny, if you listen to it, the guitar's not like anything you've ever heard before. Uh, right. And we were talking. I was talking about it with, with Jacob Hansen when we were mixing it. It's really interesting. The sound of it. Um. Super heavy. But not metal, right. heavy, actually. Yet yeah, it's kind of a you know it's a metal record, I guess, or, or a yeah. heavy rock record. I like heavy rock. You know, I'm right. trying to go in heavy rock <laughs> in, yeah, yeah, this yeah, okay. kind of direction. So yeah, it's a it's a totally unique sound that has has come about, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, it sounds great. I love the first single, the New Horizon. Thank you. We're gonna hear it in just a bit. But you know, um, I was introduced to you and your music by our friend Juliet, and I didn't really know who's actually hanging here with us <laughs> and and Dr. Oz, who I think just just left. But um, do you know Dr. Oz? Yeah, he's a big he's a big star a big, right, in, in the okay, states here. Right. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought. But I was I was, <laughs> was going to say, um, yeah, I didn't really know a lot about about your group sure. in, until uh, a few days ago when I started checking yeah. you guys out, sure. and I'm loving what i'm hearing but for me and for our listeners can you give us a bit of the band history like you know three four minute uh, version
2: yeah no absolutely um so the band has been going i mean we've been touring since 2009 uh so a little while coming up to yeah 10 years next wow. this year i guess um it's it's the music industry is a long-term game now yeah it's, uh, it's yep. not a year up year down thing anymore um yeah we toured we've toured a lot in uh, in india Toured there five okay. times, toured wow. in China. Interesting. Uh, did a couple of America tours, Canada, uh, Scandinavia, Europe. So we we've actually toured more outside of the UK than we have within it. Because right. we we kind of found that it was we we didn't get accepted there as quickly as perhaps I might have liked as a young, impatient teenager. Right, okay. So I was like, I'm just gonna go and tour everywhere else instead. Yeah. Which is kind of again it's been really weird because it's created a just a very weird organic interesting fan base yeah um and were you headlining
1: these tours most we of them, you uh you yeah, yeah
2: sometimes we headline sometimes we did a lot of touring with a band called amaranth from sweden okay um so actually that's uh the show that juliet interviewed me at oh uh, here in new york we did yeah. a, we did a five-week run with with those guys um i mean yeah it's like the the bigger we get the more support tours we're looking for which right. is kind of weird so we, we, everything's kind of happened backwards for us uh which is which is weird and we use a lot of the international tools to help us grow in the UK uh, rather than getting big in, you know, your home country first and then going outside to the rest of the world. Right. OK. Uh, I just thought I just want to go and see the world and, and, and they'll have us. They want us to play. So, you know, so let's let's go and
1: do that. And, um, and have, have you now... Uh, gotten a fan base in the UK or is Yeah, still, no yeah. no
2: we do. It's it's difficult. It's a really right. difficult market actually. Right. What's um, the scene like there? The scene is the scene is uh, it's great in that it's the UK, but London is still kind of the primary place. Um yeah. and London is, you know, London is London. So every touring act of any genre, any size, any description is going to come through London. Uh so why go and see my band when Elton John or Metallica or Lady Gaga right. or wh- whoever it is is in town the same night because they will be. Yeah. There will be an, a huge an arena show stadium show happening that night because there is every night in London. Right. Um, the Brexit thing is probably not going to help too much because uh, I think a lot of international bands are going to st- start skipping. Oh really? I, okay. Well I think I think London will still be a will be a stop but i'm noticing a lot of european tours are missing london completely or they're just coming into london doing one show and leaving rather than hitting a lot of the uk right um it's a difficult place actually um but it's you know it's still the uk it's still the home of rock and metal music so it's it's always going to be solid in, in that in that respect i guess you could
1: say cool and with the album i saw you have some cool stuff going on like fans of the of the band can uh, actually get the picks, the strings, the lyric sheets that you use in the recording of the record. How how would they go about doing that? Well,
2: it's a funny story, actually. So a fan uh, of us from America got in touch and said that they'd like to buy drum skin signed by us all. Right. Um, And I was like, huh, okay that's interesting sure so we took a drum skin from the recording and we signed it and sent it over and all that sort of stuff and then I realized that actually some of the stuff from the sessions might be of interest to people so use strings sure. use picks you know lyric sheets with all, you know, all the scribble right. that from the session on it you know all that sort of stuff um, so they're all up on our website uh, which is cypher16.net um, and you can click on the, talk, the, the merchandise tab and it'll take you to, a, to an online shop where you can buy all that sort of stuff uh, awesome. if you, you, know, you want to have a piece of the next record
1: right no that's very it's cool so very cool for fans Um, and as far as your guitars go you are still doing the ESP thing yeah I'm still heavily into ESP Uh, so they've endorsed
2: me for I don't know a number of years they're they're great Uh, I really like them Um, so I I play a couple of Horizons the old Horizons uh, I think they're NT2s they're called Um, which are yeah really great yeah Uh, and I like having a couple of the same guitar so that like, if, if you asked me to play one of them and then you switched it with another one, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one I was playing. Oh, wow. Which is really Good. cool. Because yeah. the worst thing is if you have to change guitar quickly on stage and suddenly then you're having to rethink how you play. Because right, of it has the a different guitar, feel to it. has yeah. a different feel yeah. to it. You know, unexpected then it's, you know, it's a thing. Um, and, um, yeah, still EMG pickups. They're really cool. Uh, yeah. That's uh, Tommy at EMG, I think. Um, it's really nice. Uh, and Blackstar Amps. Okay. Uh, we've been, been with them since right. the early days, which um, you know, love those guys. But right. They're they're really um, they're really really supportive, and yeah, love their amps.
1: Awesome, cool. And who were some of your guitar heroes growing up? Um, guitar heroes. Uh, James. Hetfield. Influences. Yeah.
2: James Hetfield. Um, yeah. Keith Richards. Right. Cool. Um, guitar players. I really like I really like the 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 uh, Sylvian from Soil Work. I like his guitar style, and I like Rob Cajanio from Volbeat or Anthrax. Right I, like right, his, right, I like his guitar style a lot. He's uh, native New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a I'm not a, a soloy shred sort of guy. Um, right. I mean, I appreciate it, but our stuff is kind of. I'm I'm all about serving the song. Yeah, I think serving the song is utmost importance. So right. we, I, you know, I try and put a ban on guitar solos in the studio, like right. period. But actually, a couple sneaked onto this record, yeah, uh, which okay. is fun- <laughs> which is funny. Uh, there was a point where we were talking about a, how to get a get from a middle section to a chorus in a song, right. and the transition just didn't work. The two sections are amazing but the transition just wouldn't work and uh, a guitar solo was, was suggested right. shot down immediately by me and then they were like no, no, just think about this and it's, yeah. it's amazing and it's just totally perfect but you've got to be able to sing the solo
1: Right, uh, Million notes, yeah. what's
2: the point? Yeah. Know, it's, it's just showing off how good at the guitar you are but it's not, it's taken away from the song I feel Right. Um, and
1: before I forget can you run down the other players in the band? Um, yeah, uh, ish they yeah. change. They come and right. they go. Um, Will. Will 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 is the main guy.
2: Will 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 Will. That's not right. his name. Will William. It's just right. His name. Okay. <laughs> he's uh, he's the lead guitar player. Um, we use a couple of different uh, drummers and a couple of different bass players depending okay. on right. uh, how we're feeling uh, right. and what's going on. Um, we actually just we just did a show with uh, Rich Hinks from Annihilator though. I saw uh, that on your yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. Um, and he was. I mean, I think I'm hoping that that could be the start of a. Beautiful relationship actually because cool. he was Good amazing mug. and just yeah. like the most ridiculous bass player ever. Right. Uh, so he was really cool. Um, Carl obviously has been with us for years. Yeah. Uh, so we love Carl and uh, and he's really he's he's. I mean, if you've ever seen any of the videos or ever seen us live, you'll probably come away from the show thinking about Carl
1: because he's a bit of a maniac. Right. Um. So yeah, yeah. And you know, when I listen to your music, I hear other influences that are obviously coming from outside of the heavy rock genres. Yeah. Sure. Um and i was curious who are some of the artists and bands that you listen to that we wouldn't call metal or punk or loud
2: rock well i'll, I'll tell you the heaviest musician ever to have lived ever ever is j.s bach wow okay and he's really. my absolute hero he's the one yeah uh, so as far as i'm concerned the world starts and ends with j.s bach wow. um so i guess that's that's the major one for me yeah uh, so i I studied the, the the church organ when I was younger. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm getting back into that and studying some of the Bach stuff. Um, wow. Which is, uh, yeah, it's mind-blowing because it's so, uh, it's so like formulaic, yeah. but so dark and so heavy. Right. That it's, for me, it's just like, it's what, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's the unattainable. Wow, um, cool. So I, I yeah, I, I don't know who else I would talk about because that's just for me, like, Right. I like a lot of the the, the the dark organ stuff. I mean, I like Vidor and I like Bowman, um, some classical composers. Uh, I listen to a lot of classical music, actually,
1: Right uh, when I'm driving and that's stuff. Awesome. It's, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, awesome. So we're looking at release of the new album potentially in May. We're hoping thinking, we're yeah. hoping
2: that we can get it out in May. Yeah, um, the mix is going at the moment. And then hopefully you know Abby Roy don't take long they right. they're quite good at what they do there Right. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah. so
1: they're mastering there or they're mixing, yeah, they're no, mixing they're, there no they're mastering that they're mastering so we're there.
2: mixing it in Denmark with uh, Jacob Hansen who's the, the guy who does a lot of the volbeat records okay cool um, and he's really cool and I think it complements our style pretty well because it's like you know it's it's heavy but clean clean vocals, it's all clean singing and right. I, th- I think he's done amazing things for Michael Poulsen from, from Volbeat the, the vocalist from Volbeat right. uh, giving him that really powerful, I mean the guy's a great singer anyway, but mm-hmm. giving him that really edgy, you know, vocal um, cool. so yeah, so we're having
1: it, we recorded it in Sweden we're mixing it in Denmark and we're mastering it in London Right. And are there at this point plans for touring or is it? Yeah, no, there are. Uh, for uh,
2: that? There are um, we're talking about I mean, we're talking about every market right now. Uh, so we're, we're putting together some UK and uh, hopefully then European and Scandinavian stuff that we could have done last year, but we didn't because we ended up writing the record for, for a lot, lot of the year and mm-hmm. the recording happened in a few parts. Um, we'd like to go back to China. I just had a conversation the other day about going back to India because we haven't been wow, there for a few okay. years. We we yep. went there five times. Uh, I think more than any other band in the world at that. Really? Point. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Iron Maiden have done it four, I think. Yeah. Now Bigger wow. shows, but right. you know yeah, who's, yeah. who's counting, right? <laughs> Me. And and
1: like when you're in India, how many like cities and towns are there that you can actually play? Like, it's, what's it's, an Indian tour? Yeah, an Is it Indian 10 tour. It, Is it, no, yeah.
2: no, not nothing like it. They they don't quite have the logistical. Set up yet for touring, right. as 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 we might say, like let's go and do five, ten, twenty dates. Right. So most bands go over for one show. We attempted to really try and start touring there, and I think we managed six. I think six. I so think we managed six, like which was which you. was stressful, right? Tough. And I, you know, we had to cancel shows that we just didn't feel that we were going to be able to get to, and then get from there to the next one reliably because wow. it's a big country and they, you, you can't travel by road really the trains are
1: unreliable. Um, Why can't you travel by road? Just, uh,
2: the roads are just too uh, it, I mean the, the drives are, 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 are big right. and it's dangerous. Right because it's, because it's, the it's roads dangerous. are, are
1: yeah. falling apart or because of crime? Uh, because of dr- the driving style. Right. Oh, okay.
2: Um, I guess um, yeah. I mean it's an in- it's an amazing country I love it but there's a lot of you know there's more than a billion people there and the yeah. value assigned to life mm-hmm. is not high right Wow so you know uh, this is a s- funny story we were there in 2012 and we were headlining a festival in Chennai we're driving down the road with our tour guide person yeah and he's like we saw an ambulance or something he goes do you know what we just did the other day I said, uh, what did you just do the other day? He goes, we just passed a law that said if you're in a road traffic accident and you're bleeding out on the street, right, which is a common thing in India, like every five seconds this is happening. Wow. If that happens to you, an ambulance can come and pick you up and take you to the hospital.
1: Th- that's the law. That's and, the we, new and, w- and we
2: were like...
3: Huh?
1: Yeah. 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 It, it took me a while. Yeah, no, I know. I there, know. Like it took me a yeah. while as well. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, and then I was... So I, I was said... Like well what happened what happened before they said before you left on the street if a good Samaritan or God forbid the guy who did it but you know if a good Samaritan comes and grabs you and puts you in his car takes you to the hospital they'll arrest him for causing the accident ah. despite the fact that no he's the guy picking, right, you know, picking right, the right. guy up and, and and so this this was a thing and, and and we saw a guy bleeding out on the street a couple of days later actually and, and we, we we were told to walk on by really because you know, wow. it because otherwise mobs you know people you know yeah groups can form and you can get you know suddenly you're the guy who did it yeah and then you're fucking dead right um it's an amazing country with amazing potential but they've got a few things to sort out yeah. Uh, so we haven't toured there since 2012. Um, we've been waiting for the right offers, cool. basically. So, but hopefully, yeah, yeah. my point I was hopefully hope, we're yeah. going to get back there this year because I love the place, uh, and the fans are like amazing. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, and I'd love to go back to China. China's really cool. Um, obviously, the states. Yeah. Uh, the vi- the visa thing I was talking to Julia earlier is is tricky. Yeah. Uh, getting getting performer visas for America
1: is, is it's a bit of a it's a bit of a process. Um, is it there's a great festival up in Montreal. We go to every summer where you guys would fit in great. Oh, called he- heavy, he- Montre- heavy, Montreal. heavy Montreal, yeah, yeah I've yeah, heard about yeah, it, it. It's yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's really just something else. I mean, it's just I've, a, I've, enormous, um, and it's such a great, like, community and fan base. Yeah, uh, do you know,
2: we, we had two of the best shows on the tour in, in Toronto and Montreal. Yeah. Uh, really amazing, like, just the reception and the vibe and you know, I, I went out and spoke a little French in Montreal right. and, and they were just you know, they really appreciated that. Right. <laughs> right, right. Um, I had to dust off some some, some school like guitar or something like Yeah, that. I was I can't remember what I said. I got about as far as Savin. But uh and Pour de français. Um but yeah, they were they were great man. Canada was a really cool place. Right. Uh it was it was um yeah, my first time there. Awesome. Uh, I'm totally into that place, yeah.
1: Cool. Well, we're going to encourage all the Talking Metal listeners to check you out online. Where is the best place? Uh, Facebook, um, Twitter? That's a good
2: question. Uh, yeah, I guess our Facebook page, uh, so facebook.com forward slash cypher16, uh, cypher16.net is the website. Um, if you YouTube us, uh, Open the Dark Door is a good video to start off with. Okay. Uh, we filmed that at the Natural History Museum in London. Um, gives you an idea of what we're about
1: right so yeah very cool and right now we're going to check out the new song The New Horizon by Sphere 16 Jack thanks so much for no worries. spending, spending some time so with us me. on Talking Metal thank you very much by Sphere Sixteen. Go support those guys. Be sure to check them out when they come through your town and download the the single and the music on iTunes. Great, great stuff. And what a pleasure to meet up with uh, Jack in New York City. Juliet Huddy, Doctor Oz, and Jack and I just hanging out. Uh, what a great time! Yeah, actually, I didn't even say anything to uh, to Dr. Oz. Juliet said she had interviewed Dr. Oz a long time ago. I said, well, did you go say hi to him? And she said, no, no, you probably wouldn't remember me. But just so you know, guys, Juliet Huddy, who introduced me to um, Jack of Sphere 16, she is a rocker chick and friend of my wife, Emily, and myself and knows John Astronomy, too. And she... Does a podcast, which uh, is not just rock. You know, she she does a lot of stuff on the podcast. And she interviewed Ace Frehley recently, which got a lot of news. I think that was her first podcast episode, which went up uh, not that long ago. And Jack was on her podcast, too, rather recently on episode 17 and it's called Juliet Unexpected with Juliet Huddy. That's the name of the podcast. Definitely go subscribe to that on iTunes and you can check her out. Uh, I'm guessing it's national. I don't know. I know she's on in the New York area on the radio each day on uh, 77 WABC with uh, with Curtis, you know, the Curtis guy, the guy who wears red every day and is a guardian angel um i used to listen to him back in the day it was like curtis and kobe or kobe or something but anyways yeah she's working uh with him and then on on the radio and then she's got her podcast too so definitely check out juliet huddy and check out sphere 16 cool moving on next we have warrant i cannot wait to see warrant at m3 it's going to be fantastic m3 every year I am there. I love it. I love it. Eric Baker is the producer behind the festival and he does such a great job and I I am totally psyched for this year. It's a celebration. It's not just the music. It's a lifestyle. It's a it's a community. It's all of us celebrating all that great 80s rock. It all comes back there. We don't get in much 90s rock there. We don't get much 70s rock there, and that's okay. This is a celebration of what we grew up on, us old us old folk, and we love it. Whitesnake, Vince Neil, Warrant. It's going to be a great party, as usual, down in uh, Columbia, Maryland in early May. So we'll see you down there, guys, at the M3 Rock Festival. And without further ado, let's get into some... Uh, Newer Warrant Let's check out some, some Warrant And uh, talk some Warrant With Eric Turner of Warrant A band I'm going to see tonight it, I'm recording this on March 22nd I'm going to see them in Jersey tonight So here we go This is Devil Dancer by Warrant Here on Talking Metal i bound
0: from nowhere on a flat road oh, from the lights of town It's a dirty signorino Got it, Brass pole.
1: of talking metal and once again always an honor to speak with this guy eric turner of warrant eric how are you i'm doing good man good to talk to you yeah good talking to you i'm going to be seeing you guys a couple times over the the next few months uh first off the m3 festival is happening again and once again warrant is back i mean you guys have done this festival a bunch of times do you do you know how many times you've played m3
4: you know, we love the festival, and we love getting invited. We love the crowd, the vibe, the promoters, the venue, everything about it's great. I'm going to guess this is around our fifth time playing okay. there. I don't know exactly. Right. I don't know exactly how many times we've
3: played there.
1: Well, I know you were there. I saw you there in 2017, and then you did a, an acoustic set last year in 2018, and I'm guessing this year will be full-on electric again, right?
4: You know, we play so many shows, I can't remember. But yeah, we're celebrating, uh, calling it the Dirty 30 Tour 2019. Uh, Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinkin' Rich, our first uh, CD, record, cassette, album, whatever you want to call it, came out 30 years ago. And uh, so we're going out playing, well, right now we're playing like nine songs. So there's only 10 songs on Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinkin' Rich. But I imagine by the time we get to M3, we might be playing all 10 songs in order. Off the uh, the Dirty Rotten Records, we're having a lot of fun doing that, and of course we still play songs off Cherry Pie, Dog Eat Dog. You know, we'll dip into some Louder, Harder, Faster. Cool. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we have a new CD out. It's not it's the newest, it's the latest one out. It came out in 2017.
1: Yeah, Actually, great great Louder, CD. Harder,
4: Faster. Yeah, thank you. And then we'll play some music. Uh, we might play some music off Rockaholic. It depends on how much time we got.
1: Okay, cool. And then I'm I'm probably I this is weird. It like just popped up on my uh my social media feed. I don't know if it was booked just recently, but you guys are playing here in New Jersey like in 2 weeks or something. So I'm planning to come to that too. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, um it's been booked for a while now. Um wish you would have heard about it sooner.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just I'll be there for sure. But yeah, it's uh, Starland Ballroom and I don't have the date in front of me. I want to say March 22nd or something? 22nd? Yeah, that yeah. sounds 22nd, right.
4: 22nd, I believe. If you're in Jersey and you're listening, you're invited. Yeah. And uh, if you're in Columbia, Maryland, or if you're in the state, the great state of Maryland, come out and see us at uh, M3. It's going to be a great event. So yeah. you have a big festival concert, or you can come see us in a, a large club.
1: Right. Cool. Well, I will. I will be at both of those shows, and I'm completely excited because obviously Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich was a big record for me personally and unbelievable that 30 years have have gone by already but uh, what January 2000... 19 was the was the 30 year anniversary of this great record memories of making this record going into the studio I mean so many great songs down boys what was the first time you heard down boys did Janie bring it to you guys as a demo or did you, you work it out in rehearsal
4: um we worked it out in a rehearsal um long story short uh from 1984 in 1986, we had a guy named Max Mad Max on drums and Adam Shore on vocals. And those guys quit in 86. And then there was a band called Plain Jane, which uh, Janie Lane and Steven Sweet were in. So we invited them to join Warrant, and they did, thank God. And uh, Janie, the first song he brought in was Down Boys. Was the first song we ever played together, and it was not demoed. It was not on a tape. He just picked up the guitar and started showing us the riffs. By the time we got out of rehearsal that night, we had our, our first song and uh, we played our first show like a month later. And so the first show we did was a combination of, you know, some plain Jane songs. Uh, obviously, Down Boys was a brand new song. And then some of our older Warrant songs that we've been playing for the last couple of years. And then uh, eventually it evolved into where Janie was such an amazing, prolific songwriter, you know, um. Obviously, by the time we made our first record, uh, there was no stuff left over from the Adam and Max years. It was all new
1: stuff. Right. Cool. How about some of the other songs, just to break it down? I mean, because there were so many great songs on that record. Big talk. First memories of that song?
4: um, I don't remember when we started playing what? those. those I, I imagine all the songs, I'm trying to think, pretty much all the songs on that record we played live. Except for, I don't think we ever played Sometimes She cries. I think that was written after we got the record deal. Um, but yeah, it's all very blurry. The decade of decadence, the 80s. Right. Um, obviously going into a studio for the first time with a big producer and big budget. I think we had like $250,000 to make wow. the first record. We'd never had more than $200 in our pockets to our name before that. So um yeah, you know, we spent all the money on the record, but we each got a little bit of cash. And, little. you know, Janie got a nice publishing advance and he shared some of that with us. And um, it was good, you know, we're dirt poor and making a record. I remember Jerry had to boil his bass strings because uh, I guess there was no budget to buy bass strings. Nobody had any money okay. for bass strings, which is kind of weird looking back on it
1: now. Yeah. But, well, the uh, bass strings were always more expensive, play? right, than the guitar strings.
4: Yeah, right? Yeah. So uh yeah, it was good times, man. We had a record deal and we're making a record and we're living in Hollywood.
1: We had, you know,
4: we were a big fish in a small pond on the Sunset Strip and life was good. And then we went out uh went out on the road. Before the record came out, we did a few weeks with the Demalls. They were on Atlantic oh, yeah. Records and they had a record out and then we went out and did a, a few weeks with um Brittany Fox, they were on the same label as us, and they were having some sec- success with girls' school. So.
1: Somewhere that, in there is Paul Stanley, too, right? The Paul Stanley Club oh, no, Tour, that right? Was
4: after, that was after the record came okay, out. Okay,
1: that was after, okay.
4: Now I'm talking about before the record came out. We're just going across America and uh, getting 200 bucks a night and uh, just playing anywhere from uh, roller rinks to laundromat to uh, pinball arcades and of course clubs, you know, right. but uh, that was a good experience. Got our feet wet. And then by the time the record came out, uh, the first little bit of touring we did to support that was with Paul Stanley for, uh, for three weeks. And that was really cool and kicked off what turned into 262 shows over a period of 16 months all over the world. And that was the dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich tour. And, we were ready to be put in body bags and right. after that tour we partied so fucking hard uh yeah <clears throat> it was crazy
1: so it, it crazy w- ride man the album comes out and it had like the music video been released at that point like or was that after the album came out
4: no i think they came out pretty much simultaneously the single uh down boys the video down boys all came out mtv just latched right onto it and- they latched right onto Skid Row's, I think it was Youth Gone Wild, their first right. video. And uh, so we were playing, we were the two new bands on the block and, in 1989, you know, and MTV played the shit out of it. And uh, eventually, you know, we went gold on the first single. And by the time Heaven was done, we were over three million
1: Wow, uh, records
4: sold worldwide by far, yeah. Wow. So it was a good run, man. Yeah good run
5: what I remember of it
1: yeah right on and and as far as the bands that you (laughs) went out on tour with let's see Poison we said Paul Stanley Queensryche Cinderella Kingdom Come uh what where what crowd did you vote Danger Danger Danger, okay
4: Danger Rat and Great White wow of course we finished it off opening for Motley Crue on the Dr. good tour
3: uh
4: for a couple months so um yeah we would just get little chunks of shows here we never got a big tour until the end of the the road you know we were when you sell a couple million records you can play theaters and sell them out we were doing some of our own headlining shows um but yeah it was a little frustrating but uh, eventually we got the big tour uh opening for motley crew and sold out arenas all over the united states so that was that was badass
1: awesome awesome and then of course you follow up that record with with cherry pie which the very beginning of that record it says filthy, uh, let's see. It says filthy, rotten. No, it says dirty, rotten, um, rotten, filthy, stinking, but you don't say the rich. What was the, what was the meaning behind that?
4: It was kind of linking where we left off with our first record, kind of bringing you into the new record. Um, so we sampled the intro to dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking, rich, and then, uh, went right into cherry pie.
3: Right. Okay. So, uh,
4: it's just uh, just a fun thing to do, studio thing, you know. People get ideas in the studio. I think this would be cool. Or that would be cool. And someone had that idea, and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it worked out.
1: Right on, right on. And again, you guys had a new record out in 2017. I'd imagine it's probably a little too early for new music to be in the works.
4: Yeah, no, there's some riffs going around, and uh, but but right now. Um, there's no demoing or actual songs floating around. There are a few, a few riffs, floating around. Um, so who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe in 2020 we'll record something and put it out in 2021 or something. Right on. To see what's going on. Who knows what's going to be happening in the, the music business at that point? But I do know we like to we like to make uh, records, full length albums, whatever you call them now, streaming projects. Um, so, more than likely, if we do anything, it would probably be something something like that. But you never know; we might put out one song or an EP if somebody twists our arms. But knowing this band, we're just old school, and we're gonna record five songs. We might as well record twelve.
1: Right on, cool. And would you consider working with Jeff Pilson again, assuming that maybe you do do a record down the road?
4: Yeah, there's a lot of guys we would consider working with. Of course, Jeff as well. That was a great experience. Um, I heard that uh, Skid Row's doing a record with Michael Wagner again, and uh, so working with Michael would be a blast. He did our Doggy Dog record. Of course, we've worked with Pat Regan. He did our Born Again CD, and he mixed and mastered our last two CDs, Rockaholic, and so we're open to it, man. We'll just see what's going on at that time and in the in our orbit as far as producers go and engineers and just see what feels right.
1: And I know you're always staying busy with Warrant, but do you have any other musical things going on outside of uh, the the Warrant world?
4: Yeah. Jerry and I started a company in 2011, 2012 called Down Boys Music. And so we get to write, keep writing music and stay creative all year round, all year round, excuse me. Uh doing music for television and movies and stuff like that, commercials. And so you can check out Down Boys Music and some of the shows we work on are listed on there and so we're we're doing that um all the time when we're not touring. That keeps us pretty busy. So yeah.
1: yeah. And and how do you music get music and more music? <laughs> do you have like agents who bring you T V shows that need scoring or need some tracks? Like how does that work?
4: we have production companies that we have relationships with over the years and we do a good job on one show and then they'll ask you to work on their next show and their next show and their next show. And so, you know, you do a good job and deliver the good, which we've luckily been able to do. We've had, gosh, we're probably getting close to 2000 pieces of music that have been placed on different TV shows now. So we've got a great group of composers. We work with, we're always looking for new composers. That are talented and can, you know, create music at home on home studios and make it sound like it was recorded in a big studio. So, yeah. Cool. The Warrant and Down Boys music.
1: Excellent. Cool. And again, 30 years since Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinkin' Rich came out. And we will be celebrating that all year with you guys, including the, the M3 Festival. This May, Vince Neal, Whitesnake, uh, Dockin just announced with George Lynch and and Mick Brown will be there. Kip Winger doing an acoustic set, Tora Tora. So many more. And of course, Warrant. And uh, completely excited to see you guys both there and uh, in about two weeks here in New Jersey.
4: Yeah, man. We'll see you out in New Jersey. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the M3 Festival. Um, For those of you that are into social media, uh, at Warrant Rocks for Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Uh, check us out on Cameo. We're having a lot of fun with Cameo. And uh, thanks for all the support.
1: You bet, Eric. I'll, I'll try to stop by and say hi in uh, in New Jersey at the Starland Ballroom.
4: Yeah, just let me know. You okay. got my number.
1: Thanks to Eric Turner of Warren for joining us. And thanks for putting me on the list for the New Jersey Warren show. If you haven't seen Warren in concert, they're always such a great act. It's never too late. 30 years since the release of the great, dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking, rich record. And uh, yeah, man, that song right there. Coming off that album, Big Talk. And man, what whatever album that was. I mean, you had that. You had Down Boys, Sometimes She Cries, Heaven. So many great songs in the sticks. Remember that one? There was so many great songs off that record. And Warren is celebrating the 30 year anniversary of that record. 30 years. I cannot believe it. We're all getting old, guys, especially me. Fuck. Oh, man. Anyways, let's move on. We have a band that I've been a fan of for years and years. I saw them on their first tour out in Vancouver. British Columbia. I was out there doing some uh, skiing, and a girl who I'd worked with in the TV industry ended up in the band. Her name was Paz, and she hooked me up with uh, passes and tickets for for the A Perfect Circle show. And I've been seeing them ever since then. Saw them with uh, with Twiggy, Jordy. What's his name? Jordy White. Is, what's that guy's name? Jordy. Jordy, I forgot his last name. You know, you know, the, the twiggy guy from Marilyn Manson saw saw them with him. Was it Jordy White? I now I got to Google this. I should know this. Uh Jordy Yeah, Twiggy Ramirez, Jordy Osborne White. Uh yes, yeah, so I saw them with him and, uh, and remember at Irving Plaza. That's actually Emily and I were on a date for that one when we before we were married. Saw them many times through the years and wow, they're always great. Saw them recently out in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, which was an awesome show. And and it had a strict it was interesting. It had a strict no cell phone policy at that show, which gave the whole show a different vibe because you were not allowed to even look at your cell phone. And if for the first couple minutes, it was awkward. And then I just loved it because you could do nothing but just embrace the music. And hats off to Maynard for uh, I think he was the guy behind the, the cell phone ban at a perfect circle concerts. And I think it's a good idea, actually. All right. So we're going to talk with Matt McJunkins from A Perfect Circle and the Beta Machine. The Beta Machine. Yeah, they are great. We're going to check out some of their music right now on Talking Metal. And uh, yeah, what a diverse episode we've had and, and like I said, I love diversity in music I love all types of music So this is the Beta Machine Off the Intruder record Which is about to be released And yeah, man, this is called Someday, again, by the Beta Machine Off the Intruder record Which is about to come out on March 29th, 2019 Here we go Mark Striegel. And uh, calling in for the second time, the first time he called in, he spoke with Emily. This time, I have the pleasure of speaking with him. Matt McJunkins from A Perfect Circle and The Beta Machine. Matt, how are you?
5: Great. Fantastic. How are
1: you? I'm good, man. I'm excited because oh, right. uh, The Beta Machine gave us a great EP, I guess, about less than two years ago, I think, or maybe about two but, years ago.
5: You know, it's crazy. The release date is almost exactly the same day of the Intruder album, but two years ago. Wow. It was like March 28th or something. Total coincidence, but one day difference in two years.
1: Wow, cool! That's cool. a
5: release date from from now on. So re- while our band exists, every time we put out a record, it has to come out the end of March.
1: March, yeah, March twenty ninth. There you go. Cool. And I saw you guys open up for a Perfect Circle, a band that you're also involved with, back in, yeah. in two thousand seventeen. Which that was when I was turned on to you guys. It was a, a a great night, and you did double bill that, or double duty, I guess I would say that night. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and how tough is that to, to play two sets back to back? I mean, were you guys exhausted at the end of every night?
5: Um, you know, not, not really. We're kind of riding on adrenaline, I suppose. So, right. You know, when you, um, when you go out and you're doing a, a show like that in front of a bunch of people, you kind of, whether you're tired or not, um, doesn't really factor into things. You just kind of go and do it. And, um, even if, even if your body is tired, you just, you just aren't even aware of it until like maybe the next day. So maybe sometimes the next day you'd wake up and it would things would hurt a little bit or something, you know, but, um, but, but physically speaking, I would say the whole tour was, felt really good. It was only like maybe in the, the very, you know, in the very first show or two where it was, um, just the logistics of like sorting out, you know, how we were going to kind of get ready to play with both bands, you know, like as far as obviously with the band machine, there's a different set of, you know, we have our own gear and our own stuff. So like just kind of getting all that into place. Cause a lot of time, you know, like usually with a perfect circle, you know, or any band, like, you know, if you're the headlining band, the opening band is, usually sound checks after, say there's two bands, you know, it's usually the, the headlining band, sound checks, and then the opening band afterwards. And usually while the opening band is, or the headlining band is sound checking, the opening band will be like getting their stuff ready. They like get on stage. And like, obviously we didn't have that luxury because we're just, we're there and we're busy. So we'd have to like just kind of preload all of our stuff and like pre, you know, get, there, a little earlier, or a lot earlier in some cases, and just like get everything ready. You know, just there's a lot of details to remember. That, that was really the only tricky part. It was a lot of, right. it was almost like a laundry list of things to sort of check off. But Physically speaking, it was never, never an issue.
1: Cool. And I know when you were on before you went into the details of meeting Jeff, uh, I guess through when you auditioned for, for Billy. Um, But how did, how did Claire come into the picture? Can you tell us what your history is with her and how you connected with her?
5: Yeah. um, Claire, we met through Claire AC. We met through um, clean around. So, um, when uh, when we were out, Jeff and I were out um, playing shows with Lucifer. Um, you know, Karina Round joined the band and started touring and stuff. And um, a little a little down the road, maybe like one a couple tours into it, Karina started opening. I think I think it was on the Conditions of My Parole tour, maybe. Um, okay. Karina Round started opening um as well as playing pussifer so me her and jeff you know we were all doing double duty those nights um so so yeah so then uh we were doing it as a three piece uh a lot of times but um also clary see so would come out and join us on vocals as well as uh, sam stewart both from nightmare the cat at the time and uh yeah we just we just loved her voice, we just thought she was great, and um we'd seen her she she had recorded some stuff with karina as well, and you know we played some in town in l a shows with her as well, with karina with Claire singing, you know, and we'd seen her sing with Nightmare in the cat and we just always thought she sounded great, she has a beautiful voice, and you know when we were looking for um somebody to sing with us um you know, uh, with the beta machine, she was just one of the first people that came to mind and just kind of worked out from there.
1: Right on, right on. And you guys had a great uh, EP that we mentioned earlier all this time Thanks, back man. in 2017. The new record, Intruder, is coming out this Friday, and there's three songs up on uh, Amazon Music and iTunes that I was jamming out earlier today. I think they sound great, cool. sincerely. And Thanks, what, what, how how is... Th- how has this album progressed or evolved from what you guys done with the EP? Is it uh is it a progression?
5: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, um I guess the most the sort of most obvious way that it's different is just that we have, you know, it's a longer record, therefore we have more room to breathe and try out things and you know, there's a lot more room to experiment. Um, you know, with just uh, different palettes, so to speak, and uh, yeah, and also, I mean, not what we, our lives have changed, or maybe you know, we've we've gone through some things that sort of influenced the record and what maybe what the song content is about, um, or what the song content is, I should say. Um, yeah, but we did start writing some of these songs that are on the Intruder record we started or even had some versions of um, back when the EP was finished. Or I'd say by the time the EP came out, we had some of these songs um, just sort of in these fledgling stages uh, at the time. And, um, you know, after we put out the EP, we kind of just started going back to work. We we kind of went back. At, at, by, the t- by the time the EP came out, uh, after we tracked it, Matt Mitchell had moved... a new studio so we were just like yeah let's just get in there and and try out some stuff and we just kind of started tinkering there wasn't really like a uh an idea of what the next thing would be if it'd be a full record um or you know what the sound would be and it wasn't really you know we never really discussed those kinds of things We just kind of write and and record ideas and until they become songs that we like that we're happy with and then it just is what it is, you know. We don't really, uh, there's not like a preconceived notion of what a right. band should sound like. Or Anyway, um, so it kind of, it started a while back uh, with these new songs, and then all the way up until, uh, you know, obviously Jeff and I were out on tour with other bands from time to time, so it kind of, didn't, we weren't always around to record and write stuff, but um, by the time we got really into you know taking things into high gear with like okay let's just finish this fucking record like let's get it done like we're really close the songs feel great like we're almost there there was still like there were still changes you know up until the very end of like oh let's add this song because you know it was like a, a just a loose little idea like the song um bleed for you it was just like super undeveloped and we just like right like really at the last minute, we're like, ah, what if we tried this? But it just like kind of snapped and came together really quick. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's just fun. You right know, it's, it's actually, you know, when you're writing a record, if you spend a lot of time on it, or, or I'd say if a lot of time passes while you're working on it, even if you're not necessarily working on it all the time, it's kind of hard to develop songs that you've already heard yourself you know, for a while and had them kicking around. It's really hard to approach it with any sort of new vision or fresh right. ears in any it's way. Interesting. Just, every, yeah. Everything just sounds, you know, it just starts to kind of sound old and like no matter what you try, it's, it's, uh, you know, you're just kind of like, how about we try to throw it in the fucking trash and put out something new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, right. It, it, it gets to that point. So, um, you know, uh, it's it's actually really fun and exciting to kind of have a balance of working on songs that maybe you've you've been developing for a little bit, but also just like throwing in new things at the last minute and just seeing what happens and kind of stirring shit up. And um, you, do you guys
1: work together as a songwriting team, or is it more like you're doing it individually and then it kind of comes together in the studio? Like, how, how does the songwriting process start?
5: Yeah, it's, it's, it's both of those things. Um, so we kind of, you know, we'll tinker away on our own individually, um, with ideas. I, I tend to, uh, may I don't know if it's a comfort factor or what, but I, I tend to not want to show people song ideas until I feel like they're really developed. Um, even as a demo, um, Maybe not necessarily like a full on, you know, finished song, but at least, at least there's a, there's a a proper mood. Like I can't just, I mean, we've done that before, but at least at this point, you know, it's like, I always like to put my best foot forward. I like to try to really get things. um, I don't know. I think maybe I just not comfortable with showing somebody some right. something that's like not finished at all or it sounds like shit or in my eyes at least so it just has to sound i just have to be comfortable with like okay cool this sounds good i'm excited about it once i know that i'm excited about it i'm happy with it Then i can show it to jeff and and then get his thoughts and then like then we'll just start ripping in apart or you know and then same thing. He'll do the same thing. He'll, he'll have, he'll he'll start working on ideas and develop something. And then same thing he'll show it to me and I go, cool. Oh, what if I took this thing and I flipped out this, you know, chord progression or we fucked with this speed or whatever. And, you know, and then, then we, then we'll get in a room and we'll kind of we'll track some different ideas. You know, we'll just kind of start like layering, you know, layering different ideas, different grooves. Um, you know, we kind of just fuck around and tinker until the cows come home. And, uh, and then we get whatever we feel is like a good version of that song or those songs. And then, you know, with the EP and the record, then we would just show them to Matt and he would go like, and basically that process would start all over again, you know, cause then he would have another idea of it, which is great. You know, it's great to have someone else who you trust to, to show music to when you're working on something, if it was just Jeff and I, you know, it's like sometimes we're like, I don't know, is this cool? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's nice to have at least one other person who could be like the sort of tiebreaker, you know, who could be like, Right, nah. Like both both of you are are way off. This is this is cool already. Like you don't need to change a fucking thing. Or it's like he'll he'll flip things on their head so it's like throughout the process we're always we're always reinventing the songs like some of them actually stayed pretty true to the original versions but a lot of times we just put things around a lot and you know that's i mean we, we like to experiment we like to swap out songs swap out instruments you know, like, hey, something that might have been like a heavy guitar riff, heavy guitar riff is now a sense. Right. Or, you know, this part that Matt's been singing, Claire's going to sing it now and do it an octave up. And then we're going to fucking, you know, like the drums are now, you know, a, a fair light drums and, you know, whatever. We just, we just, there's no like, there's no rules and there's no like, we go in and try to strip ourselves of any ego of like, well, this is my instrument. This is what I play. And like, I wrote, I came up with this song. So it's like, I have the final set, like, fuck all that. Like, we just like, throw it all into the pot and we're just there to make the songs as good as we can. And once we all agree that they are as good as they can be, that's
1: when they're done right on right on and one thing i loved yeah. about the the ep was some of those synth sounds oh. and keyboard sounds like on the end and again and again oh, such great you, rich synthesizer and keyboard sounds what what keyboards are you using like i'm guessing it's a bunch <laughs> of different stuff but what are some of your favorite Ooh. ones to uh, to use in the recording process
5: Man, I'm not telling that shit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, a lot of... (laughs) How dare you ask such a question? Um, You know, a lot of that stuff... um, During the EP, especially, um, you know, Jeff and I were kind of still um, finding our way with, with instruments. You know, at the time, I was mostly just playing bass, and I had, like... One guitar that actually I borrowed from Karina, but I still have. i try to give it back to her. I swear to God, she just won't let me. But um, thank God for that, because I wrote a lot of songs on that thing. Right. And, um, you know, and like a little acoustic. And like, that was it. That was all I had for like demoing out things. Same thing with synths. I think at the time, I mean, this is going back to like 20, 20 I don't know. 2011 up until i guess 2015 or so right and uh yeah anyway my point is i didn't have a lot of stuff so a lot of that most of that stuff was matt mitchell's stuff um there's definitely some uh, some bucla on there um some some corg ms20 uh definitely some some jupiter definitely some juno um Definitely some uh Moog Voyager okay. on there. Um yeah, a lot of a lot of fun toys. And and you know, on on the, and then by the time the record came around, uh you know, recording Intruder, uh, you know, we I had kind of picked up some new stuff. Matt had picked up a lot of new stuff, and we borrowed some stuff from some friends. And uh so yeah, it is a big mixture of stuff. I mean, but yeah, then it came into uh, you know uh, I've got, I've gotten a hold of some Electron stuff. So like even for like drum machines, like the Digitakt is fucking phenomenal, and um, you know uh, analog keys by Electron, that one's uh, super versatile. The Deep Mind, okay. um a
1: lot of different stuff. The Yamaha,
5: the Yamaha CS Reface, those little those little guys. Have you seen those?
1: No, I have not. They did this
5: line yeah. of, they did this line of of Reface uh, since that they, they put out there, they were really cool. They're just like little, like small versions of some classic sense. Like there's like a, ah, okay. like a DX reface It's like a DX seven, but just like in a tiny little like portable sense, right, uh, right. stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of stuff. I mean, the list goes on and on, but, um, right. You know, we, we tried a lot of things. Ultimately we kind of, uh, we found a smaller amount of of things that were like oh yeah this like things that we just kind of kept going to um whether we even it wasn't intentional it was just like our ear just kind of kept gravitating towards certain things um so yeah i don't know it's it's and it's tough cuz me matt and jeff all have a love for all those things equally like it's like it's just as fun to plug in a guitar like, you know, plug in a fucking Les Paul and Noah Marshall half stack with like a fuzz pedal and just let it rip or something. Um it's just as fun to do that as as it is to like plug in a synth and, you know, just sit there and like tweak them the oscillators and fuck with the filter. You know, it's like it's, right, it's just right. as gratifying. And 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 the end result can be equally as interesting you know and and of course blending the two then it's kind of a lot of what we end up doing uh with our band um you know and same thing with drum sounds you know it's like yeah getting big bombastic you know compressed overdriven big room sounds and also like super small tiny room sounds and then sometimes just using like a little razor thin fucking, you know um electronic kit yeah. know and it's like i don't know they're all equally uh, as important i think to the sound of our band
1: absolutely but, um, yeah cool and what what's the plan is the plan to go out and tour once once the album is released or we have other commitments with the perfect circle what's your plans for 2019
5: the plan is absolutely for the beta machine to go out and tour um and we're yeah we're We're working on dates as we speak. And, um, yeah, as soon as we have things to announce, we'll we'll announce them and run the shit out of everybody and and let them know what we're doing. But, um, yeah, right now, um, our next show is uh, we're playing April 6th here in Los Angeles for anyone who's around um, at Sayers Club with uh, Lux Obscurus cabaret shows like our cd release cd release (laughs) when's the last time anyone had a cd release (laughs) Um, (laughs) what the fuck is that uh cassette eight track release
1: yeah Um, there you go
5: yeah (laughs) our album release show slash party um april 6th at sayers club cool looks obscure
1: and again, yeah. the album is Intruder by The Beta Machine. It is out this coming Friday. And uh, just to touch upon a little bit of your past, 30 Seconds to Mars, what was your involvement with, with uh, Jared and that band?
5: Um, I I played with them in 2011 for uh, it was like January through March. Did a couple tours with them playing bass.
1: Right on, and Eagles of Death Metal. Uh, do you hear from those guys at all anymore? Are you still in touch with oh, Jesse yeah. and the guys? Yeah.
5: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all we're all still homies. Um, yeah, they're. Uh, I think they're getting ready to go back out and do some stuff this year. Um, yeah, man. They're, yeah, they're they're kicking ass as per always.
1: Awesome, cool. Hey, and hey, Matt, where did you grow up?
5: Uh, Palm Springs, California.
1: Okay, cool, cool.
5: Yeah, out in the desert.
1: Right on. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Desert desert rat, as they say. So, yeah, in L.A. now. So it's not well, it's too drastic of a change. But, right. Um, how, how far you know, is that from well, L.A.? A couple hours? Yeah. It's like, oh, at the most, it's like, yeah, like 90 minutes usually without traffic. Right. Right.
3: Cool.
1: Yeah, man. Well, cool. You know,
5: we... It's a beautiful place.
1: Well, we wish you the best of luck with everything. I'm digging the three new songs. I can't wait to hear the full Intruder album this Friday by the Beta Machine. And please let us know when you're in the the New York City or New Jersey area, because uh, Emily and I will definitely be at the show.
5: Mark, thank you so much, man. That's awesome. Okay.
1: Fantastic. Keep in touch, man. Right. Thanks so much.
5: All right, thanks for chatting, man. All okay. right, have a good one. Talk to you soon. All right, see you.
0: You can It's just like this
1: Circle with Matt McJunkins on bass right there. Thanks, Matt, for joining us. Good luck with the release of your new record. Again, it's called Intruder, and it is by your band, The Beta Machine. I like it. I like what I'm hearing. The three songs that I've heard off the record so far are are excellent, and really dig what you're doing with this band. Emily and I will be there supporting you guys when you come through town. All right, so let's uh, let's wrap this episode again. Thanks to all the Patreon supporters. And I really, I can't thank you enough for all the support you give me. I'm doing daily videos now on my YouTube page. Uh, You can watch these videos on TalkingRock.net in the video section or just subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash Talking Metal. Little, you know, two, three minute videos go up every single day. You know, sometimes uh, I'm just I just woke up. I'm just having my morning coffee uh, I look like a wreck, but I have something to tell you. So every day, even if I don't have something to tell you, I turn on the video camera. I give you three or four minutes every single day. Some of the videos have gotten like 2,000 views, other ones are like getting like 23 views. So I'm, I gotta find a stride here. I guess when Tommy Lee uh, responds to one of the videos and says he likes it, that's when you get 2000 views, which is what happened to one of them. Uh, But yeah, man, I, I really, really love you guys and appreciate everything you're doing. It is, again, Friday, March 22nd. I haven't watched The Dirt yet. I'm going to watch it this weekend and will uh, you know, by the time this gets posted, I will have watched it and we'll hopefully uh, be talking to you about that either here on the podcast or in one of my videos. So, uh, yeah, The Dirt, the story of Motley Crue on Netflix. Let me know what you thought of it, because I'm sure you guys have watched it by this point and uh, hit me up on Facebook. Twitter, wherever, man Uh, Twitter, I I don't like Twitter, man I do it because you have to But I like Instagram, I like Facebook the best But hit me up wherever you want on social media And to take us out This one is a request going out to uh, Oh, uh, let's see Let me pull this up To Andrew Miller, who gave a hefty donation And the song is What song did he fucking want? It was a Molly song All right, I don't have it in front of me, but I, Andrew, I think you requested Wild Side by Motley Crew, so here we go. Take us out, little Molly.